Hello and welcome to our second season nine Walking Dead podcast. Yes, it is fan critical back with our uh, coverage of The Walking Dead. Um, Just to kick off with a spoiler warning, we will be discussing all of the TV show up until season nine, episode two, The Bridge. And also at the end of this episode, we will be uh, talking through Comic Corner with Len, which will have spoilers for the comics right the way through, I'm pretty sure. So if you don't want those spoilers, uh, there'll be a little musical interlude just before and we'll give you a heads up, switch off at that point and, uh, and we won't spoil anything fun for you. So tonight I am Emma, your host, as always, for Walking Dead. Unfortunately, no John today. Um, you know, couldn't bear it after the bridge, just couldn't get over it. Yeah. Shall we say? Yeah. Yeah, great pun that. Good. Uh, but I am joined, uh, as ever, by our comic genius, Len. Hey, how's it going? Uh, this week, there isn't as much comic stuff as uh, I would like, but I'm going to reference a couple of things that I think we're missing out on and a couple of things I think they're moving around. So it'll be quite interesting. Awesome. Should be good fun. So, uh, as I said, episode two of season nine, The Bridge, directed by Daisy von Schirler-Meyer. Oh, good name. Yeah, great name. It's got four four names in it, if you include the von. Let's include the von. Yeah, four names. Great. Um, so, Len, what did you think overall on this episode? And please do give us your blueberry score and an explanation for any new listeners. Yep, so I'll start off with the with the blueberry scale. And that is thus, we have rated everything as a podcasting group, uh, basically out of five blueberries. Five is the ultimate, zero is the worst. You cannot give any halves, so it's a very harsh but fair scale. Uh, it means you don't get any of these, all oh, 3.25s, you know, you can't do that. 3.25? Some people do that. Far too precise. So you have to just nail down an exact score, and that's why it's difficult. So I'll do that in a second after I've explained what I think about the episode. I am surprised that season nine has started off so well. Uh, Because... Yeah? Yeah, because I just think they've had so many problems with consistent, consistent quality over the past couple of seasons. I mean, you know, you forgive a tv show if it has like four amazing episodes or four very good episodes in a row and then has a dip for one episode and then it's back again the walking dead seemed to follow a structure which was good episode bad episode okay episode good episode bad episode bad episode you know it was never very consistent quite erratic yeah very erratic in terms of quality very erratic in terms of dialogue and directing styles They, they you know they always try and do something quite arty you know at the with front montages of people voiceover narration they go for everything like that um this felt consistent it felt like the first episode and the second episode were talking to each other yeah. and they were written by the same people for which is for the show i have to say something that i haven't experienced since back in like season four uh, maybe season five at the push but actually yeah, yeah. You're right. so this is this feels to me like a good start for season nine the bridge obviously i don't think it's as good as the premiere episode uh, but it had uh, one of my favorite things i've ever seen uh in the show which was amazing uh it also had one of the cringiest things i've ever seen in the show that's amazing and uh yeah i'm gonna give it a three blueberry this week i gave the premiere four i'm giving this one a three i think that's a fair score for this episode um because because it was just solid it was a solid episode and i think you know I, I don't know what to do if there's a good episode next week well it might have to be a five mate this, it? it's never happened but oh, it could happen man len I'm pretty sure you've given a Walking Dead episode of five before. Maybe. Maybe the one where uh, Ezekiel and his uh, troops get slaughtered last season. I think I might have given that a five, actually. Um, So I'm literally just fresh off watching the episode. Um, 
and I loved it actually Uh, for me way better than the opener I think partly because it you know like you said it had that consistency and that link to the opening episode um again some great things some things that made me feel a bit funny inside and not Mm. in a good way Mm. we'll We'll come on to that later we will we will talk about that in a bit um but yeah I thought it was really well done we got a, a bit of everybody which was really good some some great um parts from from some of my favorite characters which i really enjoyed and a bit of humanity in there as well which which i liked um so i'm actually gonna give this episode a four blueberries good, out of five good a nice four you gave last week a three and this a four so we've switched we've switched if, on average we're um, on average we're on a par right. i think if john was here i think he would have actually enjoyed that episode yeah i, agree. I think there would have been uh, the two scenes that we're going to talk about in detail i think he would have also mm. been saying uh, they are both hilarious for different reasons uh so i reckon if he was here i'm channeling him right now channeling grumpy grumpiness uh three from john it's a three i concur i think and, he would have given it a three that is you know thanks john so yeah I, I think overall strong start for the season and very much I, better than last season much and better than season last season before. i don't know we can't judge angela kang at this point as a showrunner uh, i will she's doing well well i'll say she's doing well at this point i'd like to see the at least the first eight episodes to judge you know where the show is going Mm. obviously there's some monumental events happening in the next six episodes so i'll judge her at the end of that but all i can say at this point is well done good start better than gimple already better than gimple and i'm not saying that in a bad way because gimple started off quite well as well yeah um, and we give Gimple a, a lot of uh, a lot of heat, don't we? But see, actually, yeah, it, it just went downhill see, a bit. Season four of The Walking Dead was pretty good, um, and I think that was his premiere season. That, that was, you know, where Herschel, you know, had some really great episodes at the yeah. start of that season before he met his demise. Once again, R.I.P. Uh, Scott Wilson. So sad. So sad. But he was awesome in that, and of course, he will be back this season in some capacity. So it's not the last we've seen of Herschel's character. Um, so yeah. No. He's oh, actually playing Baby Herschel. Baby Herschel. Could you imagine? Just, just <laughs> voicing it. Just vo- just like Vin Diesel when he does Groot. Doesn't make any sense. That would be brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, good start. Um, yeah, and do you know what? From us, a, a relatively positive start to the season. Very positive start to the given season. Given some um, hesitancies. And we, you know, last season we were very harsh on the show. And I think everyone out there who listens to this podcast or goes on Reddit and goes on the fan groups and has genuine conversations about the show could see the failings of last season. Um, but we still love the material and we have to be honest if we like something or don't like something. And we are mm. so far enjoying the season. I'm, I, the time jump has helped so much with the with the material. It really has. Yeah. It's just given a fresh outlook to some characters. It's given put them in some happier situations, which is nice and gives the characters a bit of room to shine and to show a different side of themselves, one that we haven't seen for a while. So, yeah, all for it. Good start. <sighs> Sorry to interrupt your listening, but it is time for the advert section. Um, thank you for tuning in again for episode two, or for the first time, if uh, if this is your first time here at Fan Critical for our Walking Dead coverage, this isn't all we do. Um, we have been covering a number of things lately. Uh, we're going to be doing, and apologies for the delay, our Venom review in the next couple of weeks. Unfortunately, real life schedules have... Uh, 
precluded us yes. from getting there so far. It's been very tricky. It's been very tricky because we've got a lot of content coming out this month. But that's good for you guys. So uh, not only will we be doing our Walking Dead coverage every week, and that'll be with you on Monday nights, um, we're also going to be doing our coverage of Pet Cemetery this week, uh, both from a uh, novel and uh, the original film perspective in advance of the new uh, remake, shall and, we say. And of course, that's on our Castle Rock Critical channel. So uh, we publish everything on the Fan Critical channel, but if if you just want anything related to Castle Rock and Stephen King, please do subscribe to Castle Rock Critical. Also, any podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, all of it. And uh, if you are into Stephen King, we have also recently done our coverage of Cujo. Hilarious. Um, an absolute masterpiece of a film, It's quite Halloween, frankly. people. It's very close to Halloween. Get watching your horror films. If you want one that is genuinely hilarious... Cujo's uh, the man. Cujo's the dog. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh it's hilarious. Just watch it. We had a very, very fun time watching it and covering it as a group. So And speaking of Halloween, you never guess what's coming up next. It's gonna be our coverage of the new Halloween film. Hopefully that one will reset the timeline of Halloween and uh will just be a good Halloween film. We haven't seen one for such a long time, since Halloween two, so Accurate, I'll say. Accurate. Uh, So that's what we've got coming up next. Um, But there's loads of historical content um, on our Fan Critical channel. Um, And if you do enjoy our content, uh, subscribe. It'll get automatically downloaded to your phone um, or whatever device you use to listen to podcasts. And leave us a review. We love them. Yeah. Um, Good, bad, ugly, glorious, whatever you fancy. Yeah. And we're not asking you to, you know, do the labour on some sort of structure uh, to receive the podcast we're just giving it to you for free yeah. so you don't need to build any bridges you know we are oh. a tight-knit community yeah that we are. and we just we're serving a sort of podcast utopia here so just subscribe and we'll give you the podcast there you go uh so now it's enough of uh, taking up your ear space there let's get back to walking dead episode two <laughs> Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So, Len, uh, episode two, The Bridge. Obviously, we know what this one's about, right? Um, yes, very very literal in yeah. their description this week. Uh, and last week, I thought. A new beginning, yeah, yeah. That's related to the comics. That is the, the segment of the comics after All Out War is called A New Beginning. And actually, given our overall thoughts, I believe that this has been the worst opening viewer levels for Walking Dead ever. Ratings-wise. Yeah. Yeah, um, they've been on a downward trend now for see since about ever since the baseball bat fiasco. Yeah, um, where they you know really hoodwinked the fans and everyone thought the season finale was going to be you know who gets the bat uh, from Negan, and they completely betrayed the trust of the fandom uh, in that season. And a lot of people jumped the shark at that point and were like, "Well, I'm out" because they're just mm. dragging the material out. That was the same season that they had the Glenn dumpster fire situation, which was also, you know, tricking the fans. It was unnecessary. Like, you just didn't need to do it. And I kind of felt, and everyone at the time felt, that the reason they did that was to make everyone think that Glenn wasn't going to get the bat. Because obviously in the comic, he most famously is the one who does. So they were Mm. trying to, like, trick us. And it just... It just backfired completely. The social media terrain they had to deal with, they were putting out statements saying, no, don't worry, it's, it's, he's alive and all this sort of stuff. Lies. And it, it just felt very messy, felt very uh, manipulative of them. And that ever since that point, uh, they genuinely have, if you look at the ratings from that point, they've just been going down every single yeah. year. But also you've got to remember, 
any TV show that's been on for nine seasons will have a ratings drop. Absolutely. But, you know, good news is it's time to rebuild and get back some of what we were. I think... If the show can build on these two episodes, I think the ratings will improve. And I also Definitely. think that a lot of people will be tuning in to see what happens to Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, because no and ma- Maggie. And Maggie. And no matter what, you know, people think about the show, people did tune in for like the bat situation as well. They they did want to see who was got, you know, who got the bat. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, it could be a television event, you know, that, you know, the death of Rick Grimes, for example. So Yeah, I mean, it's going to be huge if he dies. I mean, we had this conversation last week. Yeah. Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't, but I'll, oh. I'll, I'll mention some stuff later that we put on our social channels and people have made me aware of certain things and Ooh. I'm not going to spoil anything save for anyone. Save that for Comic Yeah, I'll, I'll save it for a bit later. Um, but so, yeah. So we've jumped forward six weeks and... Yeah, uh, again, another little time jump. Good. I like it. Good. And, and what's happened in those six weeks? Well, Len, first up, I'd like to talk romance. Okay, we're going to start on the romance, We're going to start on the romance, but firstly, I'd like to say my worst moment of this episode. You're going to start with a negative? Uh, under romance, yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. Personal yeah. negative. Well, um, What's going on? Jerry, how's he falling in love with someone else? I'm devastated. Jerry? Jerry. Your Jerry? My Jerry. Yeah. My Jerry is having a have relationship with Jerry? some other woman. Have you met Jerry at Walker Stalker? I have. He gave me a cuddle. It was his birthday, well, actually. Actually, yes. I remember you sending me a photo of that. Uh, you know, I have to tell you, Emma, we've told you this last week, me and John did. Giving people money to hug you and kiss you is not all right. Okay? So I'm just saying, he actually wasn't your boyfriend. You need to get over what? that. Yeah, John, you know... Oh, fuck this, I quit. Me and John have had serious words. No, but on a serious note, I thought it was quite sweet, actually. Um, after I got over my jealous fury, uh, Jerry, and I don't even know her name. Is she even credited? No, I don't think so. It's just nice to see people getting some mm. semblance of happiness. And we said this last week with uh, Carol and Ezekiel, and we can yeah. talk about them later as well. Um, but it's nice to see different sides to these characters because, you know, Carol's been through the ringer. Jerry has been pretty consistent, but let's put it, he had some, you know, he had some dark times, you know, last season, all that war as well, yeah, when he was huge. like captured and you thought they were going to execute him in the middle of the road. And and then he, you know. He had his hero moment with Ezekiel. His, yeah, yeah. So he's he's been through it as well. So it's nice to see him with a bit of happiness. And, you know, he, he deserves it. Fucking bastard. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the, the first moment of the episode where I went, oh, fuck. Got to be happy for him, you know. Don't be bitter, Emma. Don't be bitter. Um, let's talk about a bit more romance, shall we? Um, you've mentioned Carol and Ezekiel. Yeah. Quite enjoyed then this episode. Yeah, very sweet, very lovely. Uh, I like Ezekiel very much as a character. Mm. Um, I, You know, Carol has shown probably the most character development I can think of on the show. Absolutely. Uh, alongside, you know, Rick. Um in terms of, you know, progression and different storylines and different emotions and different uh, mindsets, how to deal with the zombie apocalypse yeah. and people within them and, and to how to build a new society. So so for a character that's had so much character development, uh, it's nice to finally see her in a loving relationship. We always thought yeah. that maybe Daryl and Carol would be a thing, but I think people quickly figured out that was just a very strong friendship. They're too fraternal, I think if that makes sense yeah, of, yeah. like familial uh, and I've got to say actually Kari Payton and Melissa McBride have got fantastic on screen chemistry um, they work really well together they've got great timing and actually they look very natural uh, like in that last couple yeah. of scenes where they're sitting around the campfire I and... mean it's nice to see them but it does feel weird to me just because I'm yeah. used to seeing them I'm used to seeing them like in different scenarios up... in the comics yeah well no and just upset I mean Cat, well, you know Spoiler warning, Carol's not in the comics at this point. She is long gone. But, uh, you know, it's just nice to see them happy 
And it's just weird seeing them happy. And I think part of the reason why actually the kind of whole romance in inverted commas that we see in this episode can be a little bit jarring is because we aren't used to it. We're used to the seeing them fighting and bloody and traumatised constantly. Mm. But part of this whole, you know, time jumping and community rebuilding is also rebuilding kind of a humanity. And you don't, we haven't really had those human relationships where you can relax and enjoy somebody else's company. There's been no relaxing. There's been zero zero relaxing. relaxing. Um, And I I can guarantee you there still will be zero relaxing. But it's nice to have a bit of it. Milk it whilst you can. Because it it is going south very soon. We've got one more romantic interlude to explore, Len. Can we just talk, can we just get out of the way? Yeah, okay. Um, So Jadis and Gaby, what the motherfucker? Call her by her name now. Her name's Anne. I call her Bin Queen in my notes. Bin Queen. Uh, so she's moved off one part of crap and onto another because Gaby, he's getting some now. Gaby's getting a blowjob whilst on watch. Gaby is... And I'm sorry. Uh, well, look. I don't care if he's Episcopalian. I, I don't want to be... A, I don't want to, like, you know, rule with an iron fist here. But uh, they've just had a serious herd issue from someone on watch... Not, Who wasn't watching. ...not doing their job. Uh this is the one time you do need to be vigilant, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, I mean, the one time you don't need, you need to be watching, not getting noshed off. By a zombie or Anne slash Jadis. So just to say, uh, I'm not a fan of this new romance. No. They're clearly setting up. <laughs> I know that I sound negative every week when I say that if someone's in a happy relationship on this show, they're going to die. But I kind of think that's well, just what is going to happen. It's, it's um, kind of basically been the run of things all the way through The Walking Dead, oh, right? I think Gaby's on borrowed time. I love borrowed, you. I, <laughs> I think he's on borrowed time. I think he's on borrowed time. I mean, he has to be. I think Anne is an interesting character because she's getting a lot of screen time this season. Mm. Um, and. She knows what the helicopter is, and we'll come on to the helicopter in a bit, but she knows what that is. She knows who that's related to. Well, and like she said to, to Gaby, you know, ask me about my past, but don't ask me to tell you my secrets. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there is clearly a very big secret here, which involves a helicopter. Yeah. Um, yes, the helicopter. We'll come on to that. We'll get on to that helicopter. Well, I'm in charge of this show. You are, yeah. And we'll come on to it in a bit. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just still thinking about Gaby and, and her getting together, and it's, it's making me feel weird again. I don't want to watch don't, it. Don't. I might throw up on your mark. Ha- having to watch the episode twice and having to sit through that scene was a struggle. Yeah, so, I mean, I can understand that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, have I missed any romantics? No, that's all of the romantics. Um, but I'd like to talk about um, some of my uh, favourite things about this episode. Oh, go on. So I've always felt like the writing on this show uh, really rushed into things or, or you know, just didn't execute the sort of message they're trying to get across very well at all. And what they're doing this season is really sowing the seeds of discontent between the communities mm. in a very, um, very smart and subtle way that isn't necessarily over the top. Like, Yeah, it's much more measured, isn't it? It's more measured approach. Now, look, I know I said they, they drew out all-out war for such a long time, and they did. They did. They drew it out for way too long, a season a season too long, and that really damaged the show. Um, but. but what they're doing here feels more measured. It feels more in control. It feels more believable. I'm believing that the divisions between, you know, Daryl and the saviors and the saviors and the other parts of the community are real because it's been a year and a half, almost two years. Um, and, you know, you don't just get over a conflict that quickly not when you've seen a lot of your friends die not when you've you know you've now got no resources compared to some of the other communities and you're not getting your fair thrift if you're believing that this is a utopian 
group of communities and you're not mm. getting a fair share, um, then I can understand there would be seeds of discontent there. And that is very interesting. And that for me is the interesting part about the zombie apocalypse, the political Machiavellian sort of, you know, dynamic uh relationships that will exist mm. between these communities and the leaders and how they barter with each other and yeah. how they you know create this charter this rule book that they're going to create that's interesting to well, me it's, rebuilding is the fascinating bit i mean don't get me wrong i love a bit of zombie gore again we'll talk about that a bit later on but uh, but actually what i think we've all been waiting for since we started this series is the kind of not post-apocalyptic rebuilding but just the rebuilding of society. And actually, and, and Len, you're right, I, I think they're, they're sowing the seeds really well, not just between the groups, but within the groups as well, um, in the respect that you're you're seeing different people take different perspectives. So like Jesus and Maggie and Michonne and Maggie, you know, the hilltop is relatively happy, but also it's starting to verge its way into... I mean, relatively happy, disparity, but there was an assassination attempt last episode and, you know, that... <laughs> You know that they are there are issues. People aren't ha- necessarily happy with Maggie. Well, this is what I mean. In that, you know, on the face of it, it looks pretty happy, and, and yeah. there's a very obvious divide between Maggie and, and potentially, you know, Alexandria and the Saviors. But it's also being sown in tone, in tonally, internally. Yeah. Um. In that, some of the um the inhabitants of of Hilltop aren't happy, and and there's the kind of undertone of dissatisfaction and dissent. So I think it's very interestingly done. And I hope they do take their time with it because now's the opportunity where you can, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they've got, they're in an interesting position because they've started well, I said, with the two episodes and they're doing it at the right sort of pace. But uh, as far as our understanding is, Rick is going to die within the next six episodes. So um, they have a big thing to build up to there. Um, And you've got to introduce the Whisperers and you've got to, you know, you've got Negan there as well as another player so you've got a lot of interesting Mm. things that they're going to have to really bring into these next six episodes but I just like seeing all of the ingenious traps that they've come up with um, to stop the walkers the herd management like you know the system that they've got in place there I know it didn't work but it's also very important and it relates to the comics and that's smart and smart and something that they should have been doing ages ago and I can't believe Mm -hmm. they weren't like putting spiked barriers outside your gates is just common sense because the the walkers can't do anything it just makes sense building a ditch for example outside your complex makes sense because they they can't they can't get out they can't climb so there's just simple things like that that really interesting and i just want to see more of it and 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 i think we will see a lot more of it especially with the conflict that's coming up um in the next eight to ten episodes or whatever um can we talk about one of my favorite bits of this episode actually yeah uh which was rick's sort of soliloquy which bookended this episode of him talking to negan I thought it was really nicely interspersed with the action of the rest of the episode, um, but also quite a nice overarching description. And it felt a little bit like we were being told a story, but obviously it's Rick telling Negan about the day and, you know, it was a busy day for all our communities, this, that and the other. And it's the first time we've come back to Negan this season. We get a very brief shot of him. There's a little bit of kind of tete-a-tete, shall we say. Um, but I really liked that. And I know it was only a small part of it, but I, I really enjoyed the way it was inserted. Well, maybe not. I then. wanted a bit more of a, um, 
unnerving entrance for Negan. I understand the the idea of booking ending the episode, and I do like what Rick is saying in this uh, conversation to Negan because the interesting thing about it is he's 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 not really saying it to Negan. He's saying it to himself. He's trying to make himself believe. That, yeah, this is all good. I'm doing the right thing. And he's just saying it to Negan to sort of not rub it in, but he's actually technically saying it to himself to try and make himself believe this sort of thing. Because Negan's right to an extent. Like Things are always going to go wrong. It doesn't matter yeah. if you've got a perfect society or anything because they live in such a hostile world um, that has a lot of pressures that things are always going to go south at some point. And let's face it, the show would be inter- would be very much less interesting if there wasn't <laughs> anything going on. So. So like a sitcom, it would be like with a, the occasional zombie. Yeah, with the occasional walker. So he Negan's right, but Rick is also right. You you you, you know mm. Rick is trying to build something, and yes, it is going to get damaged. But all things when you're building them get damaged, and then you rebuild, and yeah. that's how society grows and stuff like that. So it's, and become stronger. Exactly, and it's an interesting conversation. Um, I also like their um, the comparison between them, you know, the, and, and that was one of the things I enjoyed through All Out War was their similarities and those very, very uh, fine differences um, between uh, their kind of moral stances. A lot of them are very different, but there are crossovers between them 100%. in terms of their personalities, and I like that. They're the yin and the yang, and yeah. the thing is that, you know, I'll come on to it in Comic Corner because I've, I've got a lot to say on this, but... Um, you know the fact that Rick's leaving the show is is it, you know it robs us of some really really good stuff that's coming up in the comics, and uh, you get to see these two characters in different in a different light because you know Negan mm. uh, he's been in prison for a, a short period of time, but you two know, years two years yes, and in, <laughs> in the comic that's what it is it's longer the time jump is like three years and then yeah. you know the issues move along at a faster pace. So he's had some time to think about what he's done. And, he, he, you know, I'm just I want to see more of these conversations between Rick and Negan before Rick leaves the show, because I, oh, think, absolutely. I, I think they just will really, really help uh, anchor this season. And I hope that that's just the, the first little bit of, of what we're going to get between the two of them. Yep, And um, it was good. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I just wanted something a little bit more like. Bit su- su- surprising like yeah it's one chunk like at the end of the episode you know you see a dark room the door opens rick walks down the cellar you're like what's going on here because you just seen maggie in the same scene do it with Earl. yeah well it was a nice comparison yeah it's a nice comparison it? but you just see that and then you're like oh it's earl again and then oh no it's negan and then you know then they can have the conversation that would have been for me a better directing choice but look okay. the book ending also works because as i said rick is trying to convince himself that is all good. Yeah. I mean, you know I like a bookend. Yeah. Very, very much so. Very much um, so. Let's talk about what might be the best scene. It's easily the best scene. It's um, definitely the best scene of this episode, yeah. I mean, one of the one of the best uh, herd attacks yeah, that I mean, we've had in a while. We can't call it a herd, really. We'll call it a mini herd. It seems that these mini herds are causing them a lot of problems. When Diddy they, herd. When they're literally, Daryl could probably take them all out on his own. As he's proved in this episode with his awesome knife skills, they were wicked. Yeah, that was great. He was just like, wait a minute, I got this. Double knife, double like, bam, bam. triple like head kill with a knife. I was like, this is unbelievable. And actually, we were saying this last episode, it's nice to see him get some scenes back. Like yeah. he's had some dialogue, he's Good had dialogue. some super action. Good dialogue. Good action from Daryl. And Norman Reedus is spot on. And if they're going to make him the main, uh, you know, lead actor of this show, they need to start doing this and segue him into a leadership character um, with more dialogue. Because last season he had no notable dialogue. He had four words. It was awful. 
how do you not give that man more, more stuff to do? Carol. I know he's a reclusive character, but he's got to start stepping into a leadership position now. Yeah, and they've got to, and actually talking about taking their time, they've got to fast track that because we haven't well, got they, a lot of time to know, get in there. They're doing well with him this season. He's easily one of my highlights of the season so far um, is Daryl just in general and, and the stuff that he's been saying and the, his actions. Um, but, you know, the lumber, the lumber yard scene this uh, is where I want you to insert a clip of someone going timber. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just nice to see something different, and yeah. I'm amazed that they somehow still come up with interesting ways to represent uh, zombie kills and also scenes of peril for our characters. Now, you know, let's talk about Aaron because obviously he gets his arm crushed by yeah. uh, ridiculous useless savior number one and two. And this is made even more impactful um, kind of because it follows a couple of scenes on from him talking about the baby girl Gracie yeah, and how, you know, well, poo explosion actually is what he talks yeah. about. Yeah. But, you know, how wonderful it is to be a Why parent. Why is he talking about that to Daryl? That just seems like a silly conversation. Daryl will apparently be, be a good dad. Maybe they're the new pairing. Well, that was the... Darren. That was the... Uh, popular theory for a long time potential that, that you know daryl and i thought goes actually, that way when when poor aaron got his arm crushed by the lumber because yeah. of useless saviors number one and two uh that he was going to die and ask daryl to take care of gracie well that would have been interesting yeah, and, and so. that is still completely possible this season by the way yeah um he, you know just because he's survived losing his arm doesn't mean that there's a lot of you know there's a lot of danger on its way um Correct. that is going to completely you know, decimate these communities. So it's important that uh, to think that Gracie could be a very interesting character for Daryl to get to know. And the good thing about the lumber scene uh, was one, we got to see Rick be awesome again, yep. walking there with the hatchet. And hatchet and machete. Awesome. Just so good. Wicked. And then very well, very well done using the logs to crush the zombies. He has a little breath and oh he hits God. the rope and the logs go flying out. And I was just like, this is awesome. It was wicked. I mean, Len was here watching me watch that just before we recorded this. And um, I'm pretty sure I cheered. I mean, the head crushing and just the zombie splatting with that is just brilliant. And, and actually, even the zombie uh, extra who jumped over Yeah, that was funny as well. was great. But Loved that's what that. I love. B-movie zombie stuff with yep. decent effects. Hilarious. And uh, you've got to think at this point, right? Most of the walkers, and I've always thought this about the show because it's just funny. They, they've been in the zombie apocalypse now for six years, five or six years at this yeah. point. Um, you know, if you turned at the start of the conflict, uh, you would be the most decomposed bag of... You would just fall apart. Like, Disgusting. And that's always quite interesting because, like, Fear the Walking Dead, when it first started, those walkers are extremely dangerous because... They're just like they've got the same sort of weight and body mass, and yeah. and, and and you know and they're not decomposed. They're not they? decomposed in any way, shape, or form. So they're very very strong. Whereas the walkers at this point, you know, should be pretty much falling apart. And so they kind of are. Yeah, they kind of are. So anything that like hits them uh, should just make them explode, and that's what the logs did. Totally decimated. Those yeah, walkers. like flattened them like anything's business, and. That's the thing I've always thought about the walkers. I let it go because I just think like it's a bit silly at this point. But like things like harsh winters would completely affect them. And how the hell are their teeth still able to bite people? Rain. <laughs> you know, when they should be falling out. But I just let it go. But I like to see these super decomposed walkers. And we are seeing yeah. a lot more of them this season because, you know, eventually they will 
uh, outlive the majority. You know, the humans will win out, and you know they do turn, obviously. But I mean, they'll well, we get, know that now. They'll get things in place. They know that. You know, so it's just very interesting, and I, 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 I love the lumber scene. Well done to the effects crew, and well done for the people who thought it up. Very yeah. good. Bloody brilliant. And actually. ties into the story. So it's not like just tacked on. It genuinely ties into the story yeah. in a way that is effective. Um, no, I really enjoyed that. And I think, you know, if anyone's watched this episode, that's got to be the highlight of the whole thing, quite frankly. If you like your zombie gore stuff, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to nudge us on to one more thing. Yeah, you go you go, you go, go with your thing. Um, one more thing from me, one more thing from Len, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the remaining, uh, shall I say, dissenting saviours and disappearing saviours. Yeah, that, now this so, is this is interesting. So we're losing, what what they say, half a dozen people in the last couple of weeks yeah. who disappear in the night? Well, I think his name's Alden, isn't it? The charming Brooklyn man. Oh, yes. He, sa- love. he says that, you know, they, there's no reason they'd leave because they've got families. So mm. why are they leaving? And then we also have the scene with who we're going to call... Uh, Shane lookalike. Uh, yeah. He looks just like Shane. Right, on the bridge, boy. I thought it was Shane. He, he, I can't believe they've cast him. It's bizarre, isn't it? And actually, if you take away from like his upper lip down, the rest of that face is it's, is Shane. It's Shane with long hair. It's so, weird as fuck. So everyone knows who we were talking about. It's the, the dissenting saviour who forgets to sound the horn, uh, the second horn, which would lead the herd away from the lumberyard. He's obviously fucked up last week. Like you saw Daryl, like, hey, Justin... Clean out after a while, he said like that, you know. Yeah. And then, like, you see in this episode, uh, have a go at Henry, who is still terrible acting. And, and he- Homicidal y- Henry, welcome back. And awful acting. awesome takedown of uh, yeah, Shana-like. His dialogue is just atrocious. I mean, it's not, they, his it's not he's a kid. It's not his fault. It's very hard to get child actors. Unless you're Game of Thrones, you've nailed it. Or Stranger Things also then, nailed it. Well, yeah. And then Shane looking like gets whacked around the back of the head with a, a saucepan. By Daryl. Yeah, that was a Before he goes wandering off in the night. So he wanders off in the night after, I think, being exiled. I assume being yeah. exiled. Or he's walking back to uh, no, the sanctuary. Uh, and he gets jumped. And it seems that he knows who is out there. So that would lead me to suspect it's either um, the, the group of saviours that he hasn't seen for a while. Mm-hmm. Or someone that he obviously knows quite closely. So there's some interesting things going on there. Um, which might lead on to, I don't know, a breakaway group. They might be maybe going over to the Whisperers. They might be, you know, there's some interesting things that might be going on there. I'm going to pose a thought to you. Len, do you think it could be Dwight? Well, I mean, he would. you'd be a lot more surprised at this point because Dwight has been gone for almost two years now, as far as we understand. He was also exiled. So... Self-exile, really. Yeah, sort of. But I don't think... I don't think it'll be Dwight. I don't think it will. And, but we will need to see him again at some point. Um, but I don't think it's him. Mm, okay. Okay. But yeah, anyone listening, write in. Let us know who you think it is because this is where theory time starts. So you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com and we're going to have some social media posts about this and theories about who it could be that has jumped the Shane lookalike uh, and where the saviour's gone. So we'll post some stuff about that in the next few days. So do let us know your thoughts. Indeed. Len, what did you want to bring up as your last talking point? Maggie, 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 Maggie. And I have to apologise. I got Earl's name wrong last week because there is a character in the comics called Morton. Uh, It's Tammy and Earl. And I think it's Tammy and Morton in the comics. I got confused. It's very easy to get confused sometimes because these things stick closer than they separate. We'll give you you a bit of a leeway on that one. So Earl and Maggie and Tammy, 
Tammy still being very good. She's very good. We've got mm. some feedback on Tammy. And uh, yeah, the fact the scene between Earl and, and Maggie and helping her understand that, you know, you know, people have weaknesses and, and the fact of alcoholism is, is, it was nicely tied into the fact that Herschel was also an alcoholic, which we yeah. knew he was battling with uh, very severely with, with Rick when they first went to the farm. And also, like, you know, we know about it because we saw him in the... Rick finds him in a bar back in season two, uh, which leads to Rick killing his first human characters in that exchange. So... Yes, it does. There's a lot of callbacks um, to Herschel here. So that was really effective for Maggie, obviously, because it was her dad Mm -hmm. and she misses him very much. And baby Herschel's there, so constantly reminded of of her father. Um, So that was a really nice way of making Maggie stray away from the dark side I'll say and agree to some rules with Michonne mm. which is also very interesting and leads yep. us on to this idea of a, of a charter or constitution that will be now built up between these communities and I've also got to say on a simpler note it was really nice to see Maggie back in kind of her roots training the, you know training the horse and, and getting it to um, what's the word I'm looking for like calm for her T- tame the horse yeah taming the horse that's the one um, and, and just seeing her talk about farming I, I just really like that because that's where she comes from. Yeah, and again, so she that's, knows a lot about it. Yeah, harking back to Herschel and, you know, The Farm, which was one of the best sets of storylines we've had in a long time. But yeah, good to see her uh, not being a dick this episode and listening to Michonne. Michonne's a voice of reason, so listen to Michonne. And Jesus, you know, you've got to start standing up for yourself, mate. And get rid of that horrible bun. You look like a ballerina. He, he needs to start standing up for himself because he's he's a smart guy and he, mm. he's saying things like oh all good people make bad decisions and it's like well yes but that, that's why we need to get in place these laws so that yes. the laws are like above the people essentially so that you know you have to abide by these laws so yeah um well we'll uh, good stuff at the hilltop good we'll stuff. see what happens it's developed fast as well the hilltop and we'll have to mention this there's loads of buildings out there done a really good job they've done a, a fantastic job Smashing. and you know earl's probably behind some of that as the blacksmith he's yeah. uh well, he you know did build those cells didn't he he did the irony i think that might cover all of our positives and negatives across the episode len i think so i think it's time we move on to a bit of comic discussion so if you don't want the uh comics spoiled then do switch off now because uh, we are going to be talking, it probably spoiler it for me too, because I haven't read them yet. Uh, we're going to be talking about the comparisons and the differences between the show and the comics in Comic Corner. Hello and welcome back to the second Comic Corner of this season and uh, unfortunately compared to last week there is not uh, much to go at however I thought it'd be interesting to talk about some of the things that we're going to be missing out on potentially uh, some of the things that I'm devastated that we're not getting um, and stop crying Len yeah it's all to do with Carl so you know oh, that musical interlude, interlude was very poignant for me so let's start with rick and negan and um once again quick spoiler warning if you don't want any comic spoilers please do switch off now um i'm going to say comic spoilers so that doesn't mean that the show will follow them by the way in any way shape or form because as, as i've said the show is completely deviated by killing off the two most important characters so it rick... also doesn't mean it's going to be funny spoilers no spoilers from the comics yeah no just yeah, in case yeah 
So uh, Rick and Negan, uh, good scene between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're going to be missing out on some amazing exchanges between Rick and Negan that happen over a very long period of time. Yeah. Uh, and you really get to see Rick and Negan not become friends because that's ridiculous. But what they do become is okay with each other. Uh, and, you know... Uh, do they become almost like allies? They become allies in, in a way, okay. shape or form. And and Rick actually needs Negan uh, for advice. And he, uh, he goes to him for advice. And he goes to him uh, in times of severe danger. Ooh. And there's, a, there's an amazing scene. Uh, but I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to. Where Negan, you know, and Rick have this chat. And there's a very important moment between both of them. So I don't think we're going to be getting that because I don't think there's going to be enough time for um, Rick to be able to get to that point with Negan. Now. No. Um, so that's a shame, because I think it's also extremely important for Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, Negan. I, I, I think he needs to speak to someone like Rick, and he also needs to speak to someone like Carl. And Carl and Negan also have amazing exchanges in the comics. That is how we're first introduced to Negan in the cell, Rick doesn't go and speak to Negan very often. It's mm. actually, and Carl goes behind his father's wishes and oh. goes and speaks to Negan. And Negan has basically been talking to Carl for years. I and, we and, got some glimpses of that in season eight, didn't we, with their conversations? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But you get this now on a, on a different scale. Like, Carl doesn't like Negan, but he is intrigued by him. And they have these yeah. conversations. And Negan likes Carl and tries to impart wisdom, or hit what he believes his wisdom on Carl. And that leads to very interesting situation obviously when you're thinking about how rick would see his son going to speak to negan someone that you know he despises at this point so that's very interesting shame we're not going to get it because obviously carl gone um do you think we'll get a replacement though (sighs) like a replica of this with another character the the only like michonne well the only character that in terms of being a, a child that we could get going down into the cells is is uh homicidal henry now I just can't see that happening. I just can't see that happening. So I just don't think we're going to get it. Um, But if you do want any of that stuff, I'm not telling you what's said between them or anything like that. I'm just saying there's some really good stuff Mm. in there. Go read the comics. They are brilliant. Much darker than the show. And that is saying something because the show can be pretty dark sometimes. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd talk about the Commonwealth. and um, I don't know a lot about this, Lem. So not a lot of people do. But you were introduced to it last, last season, basically. So if you remember the character of Georgie, who uh, went around and she's even referenced in this episode as, as writing letters to Maggie and giving like new advice on farming and irrigation systems and and like um, windmills and all of this sort of stuff. Lovely personalised headed paper per- as well. Very personalised headed paper. And, and it's not been confirmed in the show yet, but this could be leading us to the next storyline, which follows mm-hmm. uh, the Whisperer War, which is that of the Commonwealth. And the Commonwealth... Um, is a community that has, I believe they say, 50,000 people in it. Whoa. It's what? massive. In the comic, it is massive. It, it's, it spans a state. I didn't even think there were that many people alive. So they have many different... It might be 5,000. Let's go with 50. It's still a lot. But uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, and I've just read these issues. Um, but I'm pretty sure we've got more than 5,000 people across our community, so that it is, must be 50,000. But... Um, it's, they have lots of different communities as well. They're trying to build mm. that sort of thing, but they're on a much more advanced scale. So like a sort mm. of they're actually forming 
they formed laws they you know and and there's a lot of interesting storylines that come along later with that and we're right in the middle of it now in the comics so there's a lot going on with it that we don't know which way it's going to go we're at a very neutral point in this story we you know obviously we assume something is wrong with this community these you know that rick, rick is still alive in the comics is going to have to deal with um so that's interesting they're definitely teeing that up mm. not just that but there's the helicopter so yeah, I mean, is there any grounding for this in the comics? No. Because I have so many questions. No, no grounding for the helicopters so far that we've seen in the comic, but it must be related to Georgie. That's my, uh, and we've said this last season, everyone thinks it's, it's related to Georgie and the Commonwealth is the is the helicopter from last season. That's And that's related to Jadis and Anne because she must be there yeah. for a reason as well. And we saw the helicopter just after we first met Georgie, didn't we, last season? Yeah, we saw it. The in, end of that episode. We saw it in, in an episode with her. We also saw... Um, you know, Jadis or Anne's character, you know, living a lie. The trash people were a lie. Yeah. Uh, she was living in some sort of Ikea container box thing that was all clean <laughs> and everything. And and she knew to wait for the helicopter and send up a flare. So a bit too Nordic living for me. Yeah. So extremely interesting stuff. So the, the Commonwealth and Georgie, uh, Georgie is not a, a character in the comics. Uh, it's Pamela, who is actually the governor of the Commonwealth. So oh. that word governor, once again. Um, but they could be related or they could have just changed her name in mm. the show. So Commonwealth, no one knows what's happening with that yet. So no spoilers there. Just big, 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 big community that Rick does not trust necessarily. So very interesting. Could be season nine, part two. I think there's no way they're going to get there. I think you might you see think? you might see something. You might see something. You might, you know, get some sort of interaction there. Mm. But you're not going to get a big reveal, like like a proper conflict or anything, or discussions between the leaders. Um, just because I know the way the show operates, and I know this, I said they're moving at a good pace this season, but I can't see them getting through a whole new conflict uh, and then getting to the community, unless the the Commonwealth come and help them out in some way, shape, or form, which is possible. Doesn't happen in the mm. comic, but it is possible. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is Aaron and Rick. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of people have been saying this on Reddit and Facebook groups and everything. And it's true. Aaron, at this stage, looks just like Rick in the comics. Mm. Um, Rick's beard is like, they call him Old Man Rick. We talked about it last week. He, you know, And Rick doesn't have an arm. So that was my first thought as soon as they were like, we've got to amputate. And yeah. for once, Enid, well done. Yeah. Um, but my first thought was, well, if they're not going to do it for Rick, then maybe they're going to do it with Aaron. Yeah, when well, they have. So, well, yeah, now uh, they have. you know, it, it's a lot of people online were going, is Aaron going to be the new Rick once Rick leaves? Definitely not. But he does uh, have a daughter. Well, he does. But it's just a very interesting uh, comparison. I think it's just a little nod to the source material yeah. and nothing more than that. So it's quite a sweet little nod, um, you know. I'm glad that Rick kept his arms because it it makes life very difficult for him <laughs> in the comics. And Robert Kirkman has said multiple times that after you know Rick loses his arm uh, when he first meets the governor, it's a very shock incident. The governor's all sweet to him, takes him up to his office and chops his arm off. Yeah, that's uh, That's like issue thirty. And uh, Jesus, is it really? You know, we're on issue like one eighty now. So Fuck. he had Robert Kirkman was saying that it was so hard to keep Rick alive to this point because <laughs> obviously losing your strong arm uh, is... Quite a lot of suspension of belief. Yeah, there, yeah. It? So he's had to have a lot of situations where he's got out of, you know, very unbelievably. But it, he massively regretted that, Robert Kirkman. So it's nice that he uh, went back on that and, and, and let him keep his arm this time. Yeah. Um, and that's it for comic stuff this week. Uh, not that much, uh, just sort of links to things because I think 
we should be getting some new characters in the next couple of episodes. We should be getting yeah. some new interesting characters that shine a bit of a outsider perspective on the communities, which mm. is going to be very interesting as well to see this new outsider influence come into the community. So I hope we get these new characters because then we'll have some really good comic stuff to uh, to reference. And I think lots of stuff there that we can mull over as we get through the season oh, that might not come to fruition straight away or ever, but we can keep it in the back of our minds. Yeah. Um, Len, have we, we got some feedback this week. We do have some feedback. So we are very active on social media. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're also active on Reddit. We do post on there too. And we are active on our emails. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, please do email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or social channels are fan underscore critical that's at fan underscore critical on instagram at fan critical pod on twitter and just search fan critical on facebook you'll see our page with our little 8-bit characters and we reply to posts on there so if you want to get in touch with us about anything at all doesn't have to be walking dead could be castle rock could be movies that we cover just get in touch with us we'll always reply to you and give you a shout out on the podcast if we like the theory and stuff like that absolutely we love your feedback so the first uh, the first piece of feedback we had was on our on our Facebook page. Uh, it was from Elizabeth Nikolaevich. So said it right, I hope. Uh, and she said this about uh, Gregory. So last week we were talking about the sort of interesting situation with uh, the fact that Gregory was hanged, uh, whereas Negan has been imprisoned. And we were like, well, where does the buck stop? Because they need to have that sort of conversation, which is what this charter is going to be doing. Um, and she has said this. I can understand Gregory being han- hanged uh, because it was treason. Uh, and But I can understand Negan being imprisoned because it was war. Uh, unless we liken Negan to Hitler in saying that basically he's the ultimate evil. Which, you, you know, you could say, you know, we know him differently to how the communities know him. Because we've got to see some characterization from him. So It's an interesting perspective. It is an interesting perspective. But it's true that, you know... For treason, you are usually is punishable by death. And say yeah. if Hitler didn't kill himself in the Second World War, um, we'd have killed him. Well, he would have been captured, and he would have been interrogated, and he would have been put on trial, uh, and he probably okay. he probably would have been killed. But he also would have been a prisoner of war, which is a very different sort of thing because people under war have different uh, different rights because they're being forced to do something, or they're you know, yeah. or they're you know it's not necessarily their decision. Obviously, someone like Hitler, <laughs> obviously it is his decision because he started the war. I don't war. know how we started talking about Hitler. Well done, Elizabeth. But no, yeah, but it's just a good but, point that prisoners of war are treated differently to yeah. people who do treason and that is very true in a lot of countries and a lot of conflicts that have happened throughout the history. So, Absolutely. Throughout history. So, very good point and uh, one that I think the communities need to also consider, especially Maggie. So, yeah. And she is starting to see that. Uh, we've also got some feedback from Chris Thalan, who uh, who is a very uh, regular listener to our podcast. Yep. Thank you, Chris yep. Thalan. We appreciate yep. Thanks it. Thanks for writing in, everybody. So Chris Thalan says, Hi, guys. Just listening to your Walking Dead Season 9 pod. I couldn't figure out Tammy either. Then it hit me. It's Brett Butler from Grace Under Fire. So, yes, it is. Uh, uh, the actress Brett Butler. And that's why she's so good. Uh, because uh, we said last week that she... You know, for such a, not a small part necessarily, but uh, a part that I did never expect it to be decent on this show. You know, when they get these sort of extra characters in, I just always think, oh, they're going to be awful. Uh, she does a very good job and uh, that makes complete sense. So thank you for writing in, Crystal. I really do appreciate it. Sorry we missed that. You know, we do record these quite ad hoc at times. Not, well, we do research, a lot of research yeah. to be fair. But um, 
sometimes things slip through the net. That they do. Um, um, and that's it for this week. I would just like to give a mention out that we did put, I mean, look, we put a post out on Facebook on uh, multiple Walking Dead groups and had over about, I don't know, 200 comments. Um, Bloody Nora. Uh, we were asking the question, um, how is Rick going to depart the show? Obviously, we can't list all 200 responses, but we do extremely, you know, we really like the interaction that we have on different Facebook groups and the conversations yeah. we have on there and different theories that get brought up. There were a couple of things that were brought to light to me via those conversations um, that I can't say on this podcast because I don't want to spoil anyone as to the, the destination of Rick in no. this season. And, I, and not necessarily true at all. Could be completely fake. But um, let's just say... Uh, if you want to get involved in those conversations, join your Facebook groups. Join your. Uh, there's loads of Walking Dead Facebook groups out there, and they're good for conversations, discussions, and theories. Once again, r slash Walking Dead on Reddit, um, or reply to us on any social channels when we post on there, and you can get involved in the conversation. It's good fun, um, and everyone's always very nice to each other. There's not very much anger. There's all very loving fandom, so it's all good. Great platform that. Um... And that's it for this week. So that is season nine, episode two. Um, thank you again for all of your feedback that, that we've included in this episode and that we haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about. We really appreciate it and we love your interaction with us. We will be back next week uh, for episode three. Um, so do tune in for that. And if you have subscribed, it'll automatically download to your phone when it's ready. Easy. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we will be doing our Pet Cemetery coverage later this week, book and original masterpiece. And there's a remake coming out next year, so oh. that's even more more timely right now super exciting and stay tuned in the next few weeks for our venom review slightly delayed and of course halloween um that's it from me emma your host and uh, say goodnight len yeah uh, good night everyone hopefully next week uh, more comic spoilers um and more comic juice uh, and meat to chew on fingers crossed good night everybody see ya 